millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to Wood Talk. Now here are three guys who like to use a lot of words, yet say nothing at all. Mark, Shannon, and Matt. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> you don't say anything. All right, it's show number 437 for June 4th, 2018. <laughs> On today's show, we're talking about a case of the dropsies. What's the deal with slabs and flooring for the shop? And since it's our second show, we don't have anything uh, for what's on the bench. Really nothing for what's new. Let's just kick back into the questions. You'll get nothing and like it. Yes, that's correct. Oh, wait, where are the questions? Here we go. First one here is from Ben. Hey, guys. Thanks for not quitting. Well, speaking of quitting, I have a 2 and 5 eighths inch iron on a transitional joint airplane that is just wrecked. I need to replace it. I was wondering if you could tell me if a standard two and five eighths inch iron from Stanley will be able to replace that along with the cap iron. The real problem is that the cap iron is bent all out of shape. So uh, that's what I need to fix. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hmm. That's not a question for me. I can tell you that much. Yeah, I got nothing. Any advice mm. for him, Shannon? I, I wouldn't. I don't know that I would try to bend the chip breaker, the cap iron, whatever you want to call it. I think your best bet is most of them, when you're buying a blade, you can get the a, a chip breaker with it. If not, you can certainly find the chip breakers, Vinges chip breakers, where I've had a lot of luck buying plain parts is from Liberty Tool up in Maine. Um, you have to pick up the phone, though. <laughs> there's no there's no like web store here. Just give them a call, tell them what you're looking for, and all they're really going to be looking for is the width of the blade. You can tell them I've got a Stanley transitional number, blah, 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 or whatever, and they they may actually be able to find that for you. But I also know people who've just bought modern, like, hawk irons um, to fit. That the, Those planes blades were meant to be somewhat interchangeable. So if, you, if you're if you not dead set on an antique iron, you can get replacement blades. Also, like, Lee Valley has a little chart that says which blade works for what Stanley models, what Miller's Fall models, et cetera. You can find that on their website. Um, and then you're getting the chip breaker with it. 
But if you absolutely want to go the vintage route, uh, I would give Liberty Tools a call. I guarantee you they've got a chip breaker for you that will match your blade. Nice. All right. So the second one here is from Frank. Hello, Shannon, Matt, and Mark, or as I like to think of you, Coco, Giggles, and um, Mark. Uh, I got a question about Live Edge slabs. Uh, I was going to email this question, but I was afraid that Matt would have to be the one to answer it. And uh, though I'm fairly certain English was the first language he spoke, I'm damn near positive it's not the first language that he reads. So you know, I thought I'd send in a voicemail message instead. Anyway, I appreciate that. Um, so here's my question. What is the deal with slabs? Why are they so damn expensive? From the layman's point of view, you know, I'm not a Sawyer, but it seems like the Sawyer's doing half the work and then charging like 10 or 20 times as much for the amount of wood that you're getting. I'm not sure. Does uh, does the monkeyer have to come down from on high and proclaim it has the proper amount of Haslog? Does it need to be dried to the correct amount of Dactylily? Are there strands? Are there oriental strands? Do they need to be picked out 164th at a time? Anyway, these are the things I wonder about. So uh, let me know. Uh, thanks for taking my question. And uh, as always, please continue to not quit. Bye. <laughs> nice. So what's the deal with slabs? I think, honestly, besides the fact that there is more handling expense with it, it's just supply and demand mm-hmm. yeah. more than anything. It's a it's a very like niche thing that you're trying to get, and people will pay the money for it. And it's trendy right now. Yeah, people want it. That's the demand part. Yes, it's like it's it's prized in a funny way, and and I actually you know sort of fell victim to this myself because I never really had access to slab material, and I just remember the one time where I don't know we were ta- probably talking on this show about how like people would scream if they saw you just like take a circular saw to a live edge and just cut up this slab. And then you gotta be like, you you know, you guys realize that's, that's what all boards start out as, (laughs) you know what I mean? So just because you took it, like, it's just right now, these things are, are highly prized and given more value when in fact, they're still, they're just a precursor to the, the material we normally work with. Wonder how long this is going to last. Do you think slabs will uh, stick around for a while just in terms of, market demand and people wanting live edge and that sort of, I guess uh, sort of, it's weird because some of the live edge stuff is like rustic meets classy at the same time. I think we're just getting into the start of it, to be honest. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. It's like, it's not totally mainstream yet because most people don't have slab stuff in their house yet. So I, I think like the trendsetters are starting to get to it now. And you'll probably see it become more mainstream for the next few years and then probably die off. That's my my idea at this point, mm-hmm. where things are going. Hmm. Interesting. Because it's still, it's still a premium level product, Yeah, I guess. So we're going with that. Cool. All right. Uh, what else we got here? Joe has a question about flooring. Hey, guys. Uh, this is Joe from Corta Madera, which means cut wood in Spanish, which is kind of cool. Um. Love the show. Thanks for everything. Matt, Matt, you cracked me up. Um, Monkey had me laughing out loud. Nice job with that one. Um, <laughs> I planned that. Anyway, my question is about the floor. <laughs> I'm building my workshop in my garage, and the floor is at a slope like many garages, which means that all of the surfaces in my shop are at a slope, or many of them anyway. And so I'm just wondering how you deal with that. Um, the mobile base on my table saw makes it somewhat difficult to shim up the 
surface to be uh, level. Um, and so my outfeed table, which doubles as my assembly table, isn't level. Um, my workbench, I can shim that up to be level. But I'm just wondering if you just don't worry about it at a certain point because I'll go crazy trying to make all this stuff level all the time. I uh, would love to know what you guys think and what you would do um, about a sloped floor. Thanks. I mistakenly referred to that as a flooring question, and I uh, it's actually about a sloped floor. So, <laughs> my bad. Well, I can tell you, I have a extremely sloped floor. Uh, do you, either of you guys have uh, a significant slope oh, yeah. to deal with? Yeah, about uh, six inches over 20, 27 feet. Okay, yeah, mine's, oh, uh, mine's, mine's yeah. about as well, bad my, as Well, my that. ceiling, I don't think, is quite parallel to that either, but that's what I'm judging it from, Okay, the ceiling height at the front to the back. Gotcha. I have like two inches over 20 feet. That's not bad if at that, all. If that, one. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Lucky you. Uh, Lucky me. Suck. You suck, Matt. Yeah. Suck. You stink. Um, so, uh, you know, I, when I first moved into the shop, that bugged me. It really bugged me, especially coming from a shop that was dead flat. <laughs> how, how much did it bug you? So much, Matt. <laughs> so much that I did nothing about it. And... Uh, like it was one of those things where eventually I was thinking, okay, maybe I'll put in some kind of a, a new floor. And, but in order to do that, you, I would have to lose so much space to compensate for that slope. It was so, so severe that I just was like, this is never going to happen. Cause you, you think about it, the best you could hope to do, unless you wanted to get like, you know, a couple of pods or something to put all your tools in is to maybe do one half of the floor at a time and move everything over to one side, work on the floor, then move everything back. It would would be a nightmare. So like, okay, if I could just live with this, life would be so much easier. And that's what I've been doing. And quite frankly, I don't even notice it. So I I have leveled my table saw and the outfeed table because it is a you know, cumulatively, it's a very large surface. It's not perfectly level, but it's better. I've uh, like sort of offset a little bit of that uh, slope. Uh, my workbench, yeah, again, it's only four legs. It's pretty easy to shim that up and get that a little bit more level. Um, but everything else, you know, I mean, the built-ins, I didn't put, I didn't put those in, so they're they're already level from the the builder. But everything else is just kind of sitting at the angle it sits. You know, the, the jointer, the planer. Uh, drum sander, any other sanders, the chop saw, everything is just wherever it is. And quite honestly, I don't really even notice. And, I, and I'd be curious, Matt, you worked in my shop. Did you like? Did you immediately notice any issues? Were there any like? Was there any weirdness with the slope? I noticed the slope was there, but it didn't really matter. It's not like you're like falling over to the side as you're walking through the <laughs> shop. Not, I mean, not, by, not because of that. I mean, for others, His right leg was huge yeah, by the end of the week. Right. It's like some kind of a fun house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, so it's not that bad. And it's, it's really when you look at certain things, like the, the built-ins have a tile, like kick plate type thing at the bottom. And you could look at the, the height of that tile over the course of this eight foot section or six foot section of cabinets. And you could really see uh, how much of a slope there actually is. But other than that, you just kind of, you don't really notice it. I think if, if stuff's rolling off your workbench, you're going to want to shim it. You know, if your pencils are rolling off and things like that, that's, that's not a good thing. But I, well, my that recommendation, be my question, yeah, go is, ahead. Why do I care? <clears throat> other than the fact that I don't want my pencils rolling off the workbench. Cause that was the example in my head. Yeah. Why if, do I care? If stuff's rolling in, around, yeah. yeah, am I that far removed from power tools now that I'm missing something? Mm-mm. Like, you know, I realize if it's if it's 
if it's it's a matter of not being level, but if it's like two geometric planes, then yeah, that could be a problem with the infeed table or excuse me, the outfeed table is at like a slightly different angle to the table uh, table saw top. I could see that being a problem. Um, but if it's all in the same plane and it's just slanting down, why do we care? I don't think it's really a big deal. I mean, most things you work at, the tool itself becomes its own little like universe of space, you know? So when right. you're, we're working at the table saw, you're within that little universe at the workbench. You're in that little universe. Uh, all of your reference points, you know, maybe even if you're just doing hand planing and you're trying to square an edge, you know, your reference point is primarily the plane to the board or the board to the workbench. Right. Well, these things are all existing in their own world, whether the whole thing is kind of sloped. I think your, your brain just kind of ignores it at a certain point. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not crazy. Mm-mm. I'm not missing something. No. So I mean, unless it's a safety, like <laughs> well, it's debatable, but right. I mean, think about, you know, maybe at the table saw, there are times where I'll put my pencil down on a table saw and if it's sloped and rolls into the blade, I mean, yeah, maybe I shouldn't put my table or my, my pencil on the table saw, but I do. Uh, so if things are rolling around, that's definitely not a great thing. What but, you do is you put the pencil between the blade and the fence. That way, if it rolls, it gets trapped in there. Oh, that's a good point. It won't roll yeah. off that way. It's not going to go anywhere. Well, you could just jam it in between a couple of the teeth on the blade and yeah, just kind of have it sitting there waiting for you. Safety first. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Rolling well, pencils uh, are bad. So. I, you know, and I've, I've heard this too because a lot of people are like, well, like, should I level this? And I, and I always tell people it's like level is irrelevant. It's flat that you're concerned about, not level. Um, I'm curious. I, I would love to hear anyone who absolutely is like hell bent on everything being level. Uh, if, if that's something you do yeah. in your shop, Heinrich, for you, I found out how out of level my workbench. <laughs> you know what? You're probably epoxy right. Pours. What's that now? Well, with the epoxy pores. Yeah. So like, Oh, I got to level my bench. Apparently it was like, ah. it was, down, I had to raise the right side of the bench, I think an inch and a quarter mm-hmm. or something like that. It was like, it was that far out of level. I didn't know it was, I didn't care until you start pouring a liquid on there. And you're like, oh, it's going way over that way really quickly. And, but it yeah. said it was self-leveling. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, that's Shannon. You're looking for reasons. If someone does a lot of pours like that, you're point. definitely, that's going to be an issue. There we go. So I don't care. In other words, no, perfect. <laughs> Until you do your next. I let Matt do all my epoxy pours. Yeah, I'm done for a while. I've outsourced my epoxy <laughs> pours to Matt. Oh man, like cutting right. board builds to you. Nope, 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 nope. He's nope, done. Nope. Matt's moved on. I retired. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right, let's get into our emails. So the first one here I have is from John. He says, "Hey guys, been a hobby woodworking for about two years now. Lots of hand tool work." Um, I've noticed over the last year an increase in fumble fingers, like dropping stuff and just a loss of dexterity in my fingers. Don't worry, Mark. I went to the doctor and ruled out anything medically related other than maybe the start of a carpal tunnel syndrome. My question is, is this normal or have you guys had similar experiences? If so, any tips on combating it? Thank you guys for the great show. Keep it up. Well, I've, I've like, I think I've always had a case of the dropsies. Like dropping squares is nothing new to me. There's a reason why there's rubber on pretty much every square inch of my floor uh, because I, I do, I don't know why. And I'm not, it's not even like I'm, I, I don't have good manual dexterity in my hands. Uh, I could pick my nose like a champ, but um, I do, <laughs> I do drop things and I, I'm not sure proud of. to me. I think it's focus. A lot of times I'm looking at something else and I'm kind of, you know, almost peripherally 
dealing with the square, but I'm focused on the board in front of me. So then maybe I'll go and pick it up and then it catches the end of the board and boom, it goes down. So I, I wouldn't say that I'm necessarily any more clumsy now than, than I've ever been. It's just, you know, the stakes are higher as my tools get more expensive. So do do either of you, well, I mean, Matt, you're still a little boy. So little boy. your hands are still fresh. Um, I'm, I'm very I feel fresh. like I'm the opposite. Cause I hear from people all the time, like, Oh, I dropped a chisel. I've got to re grind, grind on an edge or, you know, I only use my grinder when I absolutely drop stuff. And I'm sitting here thinking, I don't drop things. Um, and I don't know. I don't know what that is. I think it's because my wife is just the opposite. So I'm constantly running around behind her, catching the things that she set on. Like <laughs> she'll just set it down like one quarter on the tabletop. And here's the glass of milk that's just falling off behind her or, you know, so maybe, maybe I'm just on high alert. I don't know. I don't have this problem. <laughs> it's good though. Cause uh, it can be expensive. <laughs> yeah. But I do have rubber all over the floor, just like you. So maybe, maybe that's why I don't drop anything now because now the floors are protected. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't want to drop anything. Yeah. yeah Actually, I don't drop things. They just fall off. Well, that happens too. I, I dropped a square today and it wasn't that I dropped it out of my hand. I moved the board. It was on the bench and boop, it went down to the ground. So it happens. Uh, now, I don't know if we are prepared to give some invi- someone advice on their hands, but if they are noticing that they're getting a little bit sloppy and maybe their grip isn't what it used to be, um, do we have, are we in a position to make a recommendation? Because I know they have those hand exercises and stress balls and things that might be good, but then I wonder if that just, adds to repetitive stress issues. So I, I don't want to make a recommendation about that. Maybe ask your doctor. Probably a good place to start. Okay. Yep. I guess that's a no from you guys. You guys are real. Happy I, got, I got nothing. I don't know. My hands are fine. <laughs> yes. Consult your doctor. There you go. Thanks. You guys are the best co-hosts ever. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> yeah, we can Just leave me hanging out on the limb flapping in the wind uh okay so next email here is from scott who wants to read that shannon why don't you read that i'll read it i'm a supporter of wood talk as well as a member of the wood whisper guild and the angel school they're not a vocal member i prefer to listen enjoy learn versus sharing my opinions i am not big on the latest social media tools but curious how i would have gotten word that y'all had a meetup i'd find woodworking live recently i was there really enjoyed myself and Mark, you did a nice job with the class. Would have liked to have said hello. What is the communication vehicle you all prefer? <laughs> uh, well, that's a good point. You know, we didn't really talk about it. On the show, we said that we were all going. No. Um, I did my research. We, I did my research, Shannon. Even you're wrong on this one. Because really show 431, the vertical member show. <laughs> you remember that mm-hmm. one, right? <laughs> We actually, um, if you look at the show notes, I can't remember exactly what the time code is, but in the uh, what's new section, we announced that not only are we all going to the show, but on Saturday night, somewhere in the lobby or the bar, we were going to have a meetup. And that was announced on show 431. So listening to the show is definitely a good starting point for announcements like that. At any event... If you want to keep up with what's going on, if and, and this goes for any of the, like these makers events, these meetups, you really should be following as many people as you can on social media because that's typically how these things are distributed. If there's like a change of venue or something happens, uh, it's usually via social media. So we do try to communicate this stuff as much info as we have on the show and we did, but you know, it, it was one show, you may have missed it. So I totally understand that. Uh, but well, communication the other thing vehicle, is, is we, won't, we don't bite. 
I mean, <clears throat> Matt's been known to, but he's got his shots, so you should be all right. But it's just nervous biting. It's not like he's being really aggressive. Nervous biting. <laughs> right. Just don't sneak up on him and he won't bite you. It's but, nervous biting. <laughs> but, I mean, it, if you just wanted to say hello or whatever, then by all means, you know? And and if you just really, I mean, let's be honest. If you just really wanted to just say hello to Mark, I wouldn't have been offended if you said, hey, Shannon, can you introduce me to Mark? I well, the best part at, the, at these to, events to, is when, when someone goes, hey, can you take our picture? And he hands a camera to Shannon. <laughs> that was always great. That was so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, uh, since you're standing here doing nothing. That can was you... actually my favorite moment of the whole weekend. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, we're at, Excuse me, I'm Mark Spagnuolo's press agent. <laughs> <laughs> here, have my assistant take this picture, please. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a classic move. Um, you know, and he says here that he wanted to say hello. Why didn't you, man? It's like, th- this was a small event. Yeah, people after the, after the talk were coming up and I had talked to people for 10 minutes, 15 minutes until they kicked us out. Um, so yeah, we're, we're there, we're there to talk and hang out with people. Never, never be shy about coming up and saying hi at one of these things. But I will say for me personally, if, if I'm at a show, probably Instagram, or Instagram stories is probably the place where I'm going to, and all, you know, Twitter and Facebook too. I mean, I kind of cross post to all these things. Um, that's where those things are. But we, we not only did that, we also set up uh, an event on the Wood Whisperer Facebook page. We set an event up for this and it was on the Wood Whisperer calendar as well. So we try, it's just a matter of whether or not you're utilizing those platforms that we're putting that info out on. Yeah. That. All right, Matt. You know you get the I last I was pretty one. surprised how many people in the UK at Maker Central thank me for not quitting. Oh, really? That's great. <laughs> I just love how that's like our thing now. Yeah, it's that's like, become a thing. Someone comes up to me and says that. I'm like, oh, you listen to Wood Talk. That's yeah, you, you immediately know they're a Wood Talk uh, listener. <laughs> that's great, man. I love that. That's got to go on the next version of the shirt. You know, something about not quitting. Not Definitely. Quitting since 2010. That's right. All right. I think you've got the last question here. Matt. Who are you referring to? Matt. Matt? Okay. <laughs> I figured you wouldn't be able to figure it out, so. Well, there's two of us that you could be talking to. Or the audience. Shannon, read your own questions. Shannon just went. So what? You make it go twice like a lot of times. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, Matt. Right. It's your turn, Matthew. I'm, I'm reading it. Relax. See what I got to deal with here, Shannon? This is this nothing. is this is what this you is have what we missed. To deal with. This is You're what we're sitting in your chair in your office. You're not dealing with anything. <laughs> Listen, my dog just got fixed and he's got really bad diarrhea and I've been, cle- I've been cle- cleaning it up all day long because he can't take his little chubby butt out to the yard and poop like he's supposed to. So that's what I'm dealing with today. Oh man. That's, you know what? That's good. That's, that's a good answer. <laughs> Perfect. Good the justification. Best day, castrated. Best day for the dog diarrhea story. Well, I was going to say, ultimately, he's got the worst end of the deal. So <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, I'd say so. Dougie, what do you think about this? You're damn right I'm shitting <laughs> <in> the <yard>. <laughs> <laughs> There goes the explicit rating. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Think? Oh, boy. We haven't had a, an S-bomb in a while. <laughs> what do I do? I'm going to do nothing and see what happens. Right. Probably can't make it out. All right. You good? Mm-hmm. Good. All right. This one's from James. This is... Hi guys, a few years ago I felt the need to build a wall-mounted tool holder for all my fancy hand tools because, you know, that would make other people think I knew what I was doing. (laughs) (laughs) That's why we all do it. (laughs) 
I just <laughs> I just happen to have the fine woodworking issue with a few examples of cabinets and even plans to make your very own. My question is, why do these wall cabinets have swinging doors? And all the time that I've had this cabinet, I've never had the need to close a damn thing. It seems like the doors are just an appendix of a bygone era when you had to have uh, when you'd have numerous craftsmen in the same shop and the doors were a polite way of saying hands off. Hmm. Are these presentation doors just a vanity thing nowadays? If you're going to build a tool storage cabinet for the wall, would it have these swingy type doors? Thanks, James. Interesting, huh? I never thought about it, I guess. I mean, is it really that big? Let's just say the purpose is to protect it from dust. That's what I like about it. That's what you could say, but I don't close mine. Well, mine's so full, I can't close it. So it hasn't been closed in like four years. So it's yeah. not serving that purpose. But yes, that's what I kind of go to with the doors. But no, if I mean, they work. I notice a definite difference because I do try to keep them closed when I'm not using them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I notice a definite difference in the amount of dust on the tools inside. Plus, I also have like silica gel packets in the compartment itself. And closing oh, sure. up just kind of yep. closes that space and helps keeps the rust at bay. Yeah, I, was, and I noticed that if I leave them open for long periods of time, that doesn't work. <laughs> so the, the little silica gel packets, I, well, it's not, it's a, a Z-rust emitter that's in there. Mm-hmm. And it does its job better if it's in a closed space. So I definitely like that. Plus, so, it's just more surface area to store stuff. If you, you know, use it. You could expand along the entire wall of the shop, I suppose. But then when you run out of room there, then you you... You build out depth and add hinges. That's what they're there for. Yeah. Well, and I think, Matt, you and I were talking about this. You've got an upcoming guild build that's going to be a tool cabinet. And the, I do. The swinging do. doors are going to be a, right. a huge part of of the storage aspect of this thing. They are, yes. <clears throat> Double depth. You guys what hear that? that? That's the what that's is that? Dougie chewing on a oh, toy. <laughs> Sorry. I'm hoping he's going to stop because uh, I don't feel like getting up. That's hilarious. Um, But you know what? If you're in an area where humidity is not a big issue and you don't generally have to fight rust all the time, uh, you know, that's, that's why all my stuff is just on the wall. I made a wood wall and that entire wall is my tool rack because if I had doors, I probably wouldn't close them either. And I like having easy access, (laughs) a little bit of dust on my wood, you know, my wood cutting tools doesn't really bother me. And I live in an area where it's not really humid. So it's it's easier for me to just leave those tools out and looking cool on the wall and uh, easy to grab. So I, I think if he's in a situation where he doesn't have to worry about rust and he wants to build one without doors, then just omit the doors or what you guys are saying, give it some storage space, make it useful. Okay. Yeah, that's my most used tools are in the door. Yeah. The ones that I reach for all, mm. all the time are right there. Oh, the time. Okay, so, you know, a couple weeks ago, a couple shows ago, maybe a few, we had a segment that was like talking about stuff we hate. It was kind of our old men, grumpy, complaining thing. And we decided that we might make this a semi-regular segment. We don't want to overdo it because I think complaining is just like we don't, we're not here to be negative. Uh, but we actually got such a good response. Ironically, <laughs> we got a positive response from being negative. Uh, talking about things that like annoy us and uh, we will not be doing this for stupid things. We're not going to, if we don't have anything, we just won't do the segment. This is only for when something is grinding a particular gear. You feel me? I feel you. I'm feeling you right now. All right. You feel me? You feel me feeling you? Easy, easy there. Uh, So there's uh, this special little intro, which I think you guys will enjoy. The internet. 
got a big, big blaze. Some stuff is good. Some stuff is great. Some things really suck. And that's the stuff we hate. Stay away from that sucky stuff. Let's keep the internet great. Oh, yeah. All right, so it's a little bit long, but <laughs> for the amount of time we'll have to play it, you people like these little songs. I think they're fun. I like that. That's good. <laughs> so something something that's been bugging me, and I did a, anyone who follows me on Instagram may have seen me talk about this uh, in, in my Instagram story recently and i just saw a number of posts you know it's a, it's a, instagram is a thing i really like i enjoy my time there and i tend to get a little protective about the few online spaces i actually enjoy spending time in and when i start to see things change it, it kind of bugs me so this this was something that i i just wanted to shine a light on i don't know that anyone cares or that it's you know anyone cares as much as i apparently do uh, but the feedback on it was really good. A lot of people are like, thank you for saying something about this. So here's what's bugging me is when people are posting on Instagram and I've done this, I'm guilty of it. I'm one of the bad people. Uh, they're, they're asking stupid questions. And I know, I know you guys have seen this. It, I've it, seen it a lot more since you mentioned it. Yeah. <laughs> I can't unsee it now. People are, yeah. I mean, Hey, you want to do it uh, tongue in cheek? That's fine. It's just, it's such a old and goofy tactic to force engagement where you have what actually could be a legitimately decent post with a a nice picture, but you ask something stupid and, and anyone with like half a brain knows that you do not care about the answer. You're just like, what project is everyone working on this weekend? Or what glue do you, the the funny thing everyone's busting my, my balls about is the glue. Uh, because my example in my rant was, uh, Hey, I'm using type on for this. What's your favorite glue? And you just know they don't care, and it's just a tactic to get people to respond to boost your engagement numbers to make you have more followers and appear in more feeds. So it's just something that kind of it bugged me because I feel like it's it's a bit of a dumbing down of the environment. It's it's kind of trying to reduce things to the lowest common denominator, and instead of like I- inspiring people to have good conversations and engaging conversations, it's just a tactic used to boost statistics. Uh, and, and I feel like, like for me, it actually works against them. If someone posts something really compelling and interesting, and then they ask a stupid question at the end, I'm actually less inclined to comment because I'm not, I don't want to answer the stupid question. <laughs> you know, I feel like, Oh, well, am I allowed to talk about this other thing that I wanted to comment about? Like if your stuff is good enough to like to inspire people to comment, then it, that means it's a good post. But if it's not good enough to get people to talk, then maybe you need to improve the post so people will naturally want to comment and ask questions and engage. So anyway, it's like I said, I've done it myself and I I hate it every time I do it. It bugs me that I've even done it, but it's something that people do to boost engagement. And it's a, it's a bigger issue is it's contributing to the white noise issue because there are legitimate posts like, yeah. and, And this is what frustrates me is when I have a legitimate question, like I really, what do you guys do? I really want to know something. And you like, you get crickets. Yeah, because there's so much stuff grabbing for attention. And unfortunately, nine times out of 10, it is crap. It is white noise. And I think that's what's made Instagram nice is it's very difficult because it's such a visual platform. It's very difficult to kind of fake your way through that. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, the story thing has become something where, you know, grumpy old men can just sit there and (laughs) bitch and complain about glue usage. Yeah, baby. How to best inflate their dog's, you know, 
But look, here's the thing. I have, <laughs> I have no idea how stories impacts someone's like statistics for their Instagram account. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if or how. So I only do that because I, there are just times I like to complain about things. <laughs> but, you know, I, I'll find like there are repeat offenders of this. And I find myself just like skipping through their stuff now. Yeah. Well, like, that's what I heard exactly too. exactly the opposite. And, you know, and the worst part is, is some of them are legitimate craftsmen and they're doing some cool stuff. And I might actually be missing something. But yeah. I'm just I'm just so jaded about the whole thing. <laughs> but it puts people in a really tough position. And I've had a couple conversations with with guys who are struggling to get their numbers up. And it's like they, they, they their perspective is what am I supposed to do if I don't do that? I can't even be competitive. I can't even make a dent. So what the heck is the new person supposed to do to get involved and and get some numbers so they can amass an audience if they're not playing the same game that the, you know, big accounts are playing? It's and it's a legitimate problem. Yeah. yeah, it is. And I mean, I speak from the perspective of somebody that never will have that many followers. I mean, I've been in this game longer than most people, mm-hmm. and my follower accounts are like a shadow of some of these people that that are doing this. I guess I just don't care. <laughs> just, yeah. you know, to me, it's never been about, I never needed a hundred thousand followers because I'm not monetizing anything I'm doing based upon the total follower count. Yeah. You know, I don't need that much stuff. So that, that would be my only advice, but it's easier for me to say that as somebody who's been doing this more than 10 years. Um, so I don't know. What do you think? I have no answers. You've got, I would, I would think you have a good perspective on this. I, other than busting my balls with your, <laughs> your post today, um, you're welcome. I mean, is you think this is problematic? Do you think I'm out of touch and that this is the way things are going to go, and I should shut up and uh, just deal with it? Ah, it's just people trying to figure out the game. Yeah, that's all it is. It's like everything. It's always going to be. They're always going to be chasing the game, chasing the algorithm. So this is something that works. It actually works pretty well. Because people actually answer those questions and they have those conversations and they get the engagement. And that just feels more and more uh, people coming in the future, answering questions in the future again. So it's it's all about the engagement, Mark. I always say that. It's all about the engagement, See, good or bad. The other thing we have to think about, too, is like what we may think of as a dumb question can actually be a legitimate question for others. Like what type of glue do you like to use? And I know some people who are very new to this that are very confused by the difference between type bond two and type bond three, what the hell is PVA? What is CA? When would I use it over what? So, mm-hmm. you know, that actually may spark a conversation and to us, it may be dumb or not even think to ask the question because what do you mean? What glue do I use? And I use wood glue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I get myself caught in that trap a lot. That's the reason I say that. Like somebody brought up in, in the hand tool school the other day about uh, cutting dovetails and a great, like incredibly profound tip was, you should uh, put your show face out so that when you saw like the tearing on the back of the board from a handsaw is on the non show face. And I was like, duh. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Like, did you have to state that? And then it suddenly occurred to me, well, you know what? That actually, that actually is not, you know, common knowledge. It's just something that you just figure out over, over time cutting dovetails once or twice. Figure that out. All I'm saying with this is that if you're going to ask a question, don't ask a BS question. So Shannon, you know, you were, you were talking about the, the laminations and veneering, right? I'm uh, veneering these giant beams. We're using this veneer glue. Well, I'm curious, what, what veneer glue do you guys use? Cause you're genuinely interested. Like 
It doesn't take much to actually ask a genuine non throwaway question and at least pretend like make it something that you could possibly be interested, you know, but the, the, it's the throwaway questions that just feel like you're phoning it in, you know, or the ones that like the question has absolutely nothing to do with the content of the post. Like I'm here in front of Niagara Falls. Wish I was woodworking today. Yeah. What do you wish you were doing today? <laughs> well, that's that's even worse. That's even worse. I've seen a lot of that lately. Like asking uh, a shop question like while you're driving to, you know, get a hamburger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like what now? Well, that's again, it's it's posting for posting's sake because you feel like you need to. And I, I just feel like Instagram is a very cool place. It's a good platform. But I, you know, these, these are the, this is the evolution of things and eventually it's going to be a bucket of poop and we're all going to find out whether we want to be covered in poop or we want to get out of the poop and go to the next clean bucket that will also eventually fill with poo. Which reminds me of that. Because <laughs> that's just what The veneer glue we looked at could be compared to a bucket of poop. Ooh. Sounds Especially fun. Especially Dougie's poop right now. Oh gosh. <laughs> I've had enough of that in my life. <laughs> all right. Well, anyway, that's the stuff we hate. And, uh. Yay. You, Hopefully we'll we'll come up with uh, fun things to talk about in the future and we can bring that segment back. Uh, but I think that really does it for the show. Shannon, if you want to give them the contact info, we can get out of here. What do you hate? Everything! I want to know what you hate. The show. So if you want to tell us what you hate, then put it in a, in, a, in a voicemail. Pull out your voicemail app, record what you hate, and email it to woodtalkonline at gmail.com. Or just type it out. Go to woodtalkshow.com slash contact. And you can type in your questions and stuff you hate. Kick back all that fun stuff. Put it in there. We'd love to hear from you. And if you see us at a show, come up and say hi, man. Pinch our butts. I'll be happily to take your picture with you and Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Please. <laughs> so nice of you. And if you want to come up and take pictures next to Tiny Matt, that's accepted too. We have lots of those. It would have been great if he was like, hey, do you have experience with cameras? Could you take a picture for me? <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's about it then. Uh, why don't you guys have a wonderful week and we will catch you next time. Enjoy your life. <laughs> have, a, have a good life. Be a good person. Use a hand tool. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.